This episode of Pompey Talk is brought to you in association with Portsmouth.co.uk. To stay in the know about everything happening at Fratton Park, including the latest news, analysis and transfer updates, take out an online Pompey subscription with the Portsmouth News today at portsmouth.co.uk forward slash subscriptions. Welcome to another edition of Pompey Talk, which, as you'd expect, is jam-packed full of comment, analysis, verdict and anecdotes from the Pompey team at the news. We start off by discussing the current feel-good factor at Fratton Park and the role new head coach Danny Cowley has played in that. We assess his now famous people skills and also delve into the subject of fatigue as the Blues head into their final eight games of the season. Sean Raggett's suspected broken cheekbone is also discussed alongside the impact of his possible absence. Meanwhile, the lads also share their views on the points total needed to guarantee a playoff spot for Pompey. Enjoy the listen. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Pompey Talk. My name is Mark McMahon and joining me today to discuss all things Pompey is Will Rooney and Jordan Cross. Welcome, lads. Hello, hello. Afternoon, afternoon. Afternoon. Jordy, have you sorted out your lunch yet? I've had my lunch. My lunch is all... Uh, it's better than it was yesterday when I, my, my good wife uh, brought, us, brought us basically dinner for lunch. And um, then the Danny Cowley press conference was moved from <laughs> an earlier slot at 12 to two, so then arranged the dinner to be at probably about one, then got the call, Danny Cowley's now ready, he's moved it again. So I had to kind of uh, muddle through the press conference while stuffing my face with jacket potato and salad and escalopped. <laughs> I think I might have styled it out, either that or Danny Cowley was very polite as I had a kind of bit of salad hanging down my chin mid presser. I didn't know there was a story. Whenever I asked that question, I just seen you fiddling around as if you were looking to see where your sandwich was. But clearly, no, there was more depth to that question than what I was anticipating. <laughs> well, talking of Danny Cowley, let's cr- let's crack on. Danny Cowley, there's a bit, there's definitely a feel good factor at the moment. Four wins in a row, first time this season. You buzzing? You look buzzing. I am buzzing. I don't look it, but I am. I mean, it's it's just lifted everyone's spirits, has it, around the club, um, including ourselves. Has energised the club, hasn't it? Will? It has, yeah. I and mean, it's needed too. I mean, you know, Mark Catlin probably he, he didn't take that decision lightly to to relieve Kenny Jackett's duties because Kenny Jackett, to the very end, conducts himself in a in a dignified manner. But after four wins, up to what fourth now in in the table. It's looking like the right decision, isn't it? Players look re-energised, rejuvenated. And even on, on um, Monday at Wigan, it wasn't pretty. It was almost like a quintessential Kenny Jackett's away performance, to be honest with you. In in many ways, um, Pompey were dangerous on the break and they, they soaked up the pressure really well and limited Wigan to very few goal-scoring chances. But I think what came out of it at the end is Danny Carley maybe said... Players, okay, he's come out now and said, and he used the, the lion <laughs> analogy to <laughs> Andy Moon yesterday in the press conference. 
if there was a lion there. Well, in all fairness, if there was a lion there and the adrenaline takes over, I do think, I just think the, the changeover, there's been a lot of intense sessions under the Carlies. Um, they've been trying to get their ideas across and train and then maybe it has been a little bit tough for the players and I don't think, I think what we see when we, when we, when Kenny Jacker gave us access to pre-season in Ireland, he didn't ever really overwork the players. He wants to leave everything to a, a match day and maybe them coming in, they've just upped the intensity and perhaps that's taken its toll a little bit. But Pompey grounds out the results at, um, at Wigan on, on Monday very well. And as we say, four wins from four, could be five from five against Burton. They're looking almost, almost to shoe in for the playoffs now, aren't they? Jordy, shoe in for the playoffs. God, in for the playoffs. Oh no, <laughs> Jordy, is it fair to say it is? Well, clearly it is fair to say this is this is working better than what many people anticipated when Danny Kylie's name was first mentioned for the job. <laughs> it, um, it, well, it couldn't have gone any better, could it? Um, it should just pick up on the uh, the line metaphor for for. Um, <laughs> That those that haven't been uh, privy to the uh, the press of the last couple of days, uh, Danny Cowley likes his kind of anecdotes, metaphors, motivational talk, talking about the uh, the tiredness of, of of the players. Although he he said he wasn't necessarily talking about physical tiredness. Um, he said players aren't you won't you wouldn't be leggy if a lion jumped out of a bush and ran after you. There wouldn't be any fatigue then, would he? So he's not buying the idea of fatigue. He said it's all in the mind. Effectively, it's it's it's. And that's a good way to contextualise it, which, uh, which caused a bit of mirth at the presser. Um, but going back to your question, well, if you go back to the initial point of when Danny Cowley was mentioned, of course, no, because it wasn't necessarily received positively, his name, was it? It was only when the due diligence took place that uh, people became more receptive and did their homework, which we, you know, we've talked about excessively uh, now. Um, so, no, in terms of what they've done, I think it's quite simple, really. And you know, for all their their coaching, Nelson's seven hundred drills in tactical pad, and all the work they've got, they've all they've done is come in with some some new ideas, um, some new energy, and and motivated the players in the way they've motivated the players. I was speaking to a, um, someone high up at Pompey yesterday. For me, it's very reminiscent of, of Harry Redknapp, who's not renowned as a great tactical guru. He's got in them and they've come in and made the players feel good about themselves again. Um, just by using tactics. I, to, I remember Harry Redknapp deliberately coming out and bigging up the players that were in favour, the ones that he liked in the press, the ones that were of use to him, the Ariane Dazoos and... And Limboy promises, perhaps the ones that perhaps needed it. Um, and he'd do it in the press and he'd do it after a game when you were walking around and the, past the, uh, the lounges and the players would come into the lounge and Harry would be there and he would really make a big point about this player, Ariane Zoo, what an effing player. Limboy promising and, and all in front of the, uh, in front of the, uh, the, the, the fans and they're like, oh, good old Limboy. And you can see the players physically kind of almost, well, not physically, but metaphorically grow um, in confidence and puff their chests out. And it was just a very simple tactic, but one that, Harry Redknapp was renowned for his, his management and motivational skills. And you can see that, that Danny Gulley's doing, doing that at Pompey. Every opportunity, Johnny Marcus, as he, as he, play, he, he calls him. <laughs> Johnny. Good old Johnny Marcus. Uh, he's talked up. Rasmus Nikolaisen, now another one um, uh, in, our, in our stories today. And they're going to be a bit, a bit later out on Friday. 
Um, and there's others, Michael Jacobs, uh, he's Ben Close, Ben Close, an obvious one that needed a, a pick-me-up. It's a very simple tactic, and it, but it's a very effective one. And that's probably not the only fact, but probably one of the three or four key ingredients that they've, they've uh, used to, to get things going again. Well, I think it was Ronan Curtis said after his return from the Republic of Ireland setup that he couldn't wait to get back training. It, it, speaking to Danny Cowley throughout his time away, Danny explaining him what he wants him to do, how he wants him to play, etc. Like so, mm. it does seem to be an obvious tactic. New head coaches is, is is deploying to get the very best out of his players. That arm around the shoulder, building up their confidence and, and making them feel wanted. Yeah, it does, and I think we've said it before. Often we. Um... Kenny Jackett's man management skills. It was very standoffish, very professional. He sort of just kept a distance from players as he did with press. And um, funny, actually, um, after Kenny Jackett left, um, Paul Robinson was on BBC Soul and Show, um, and he said, "I think Jackett learned from Swans. He was too, he was too close to his players there, and he felt like he, he um, hindered his team selection and his ability to pick players on on merits rather than." the character and the players he was close to but Carly's Danny Carly and Nicky Carly as well so forget about him because he's just important they just seem to to really want to lift the players even when they talk about people like Alex Bass and James Bolton Paul Down and even who's been out of the fray you know, we, you know they talk about how they think Paul Down and he can sort of help him get his career back on track after a tough like, tough couple of seasons they're just they're just people people person that People, people, I suppose, two people, persons. <laughs> um, they both, uh, as we know in the press conference, they always afford us plenty of time. Um, they never look like they want to get away. They like talking football. They're just people who see the best in, in others and they want to get the best out of them. And it's a tactic so far that's working. But just on, Will, on Will's point, Mark, with, um, from a press point of view, how they and, and, and Danny Kelly did pick up on the management people skills yesterday but we, we've spoken to Danny three or four three times three pressers now each one is stretched to an over an hour so maybe three and a half hours and then, oh actually yesterday probably up to four four and a half hours now that's a long time for a press conference um, now last week in the hierarchy uh, or the, the, the chronology of the, the how people speak I came in at 57 minutes <laughs> which shows you <laughs> a how long Danny Cowley speaks to speaks for Probably how long Neil Allen and, and uh, John T from Hampshire Live waffle on for as well. Um, but um, he, at 57 minutes, he's been having, hammering questions hammered at him. And um, he then said, oh, well, well, thank you for being patient, Jordan. And then he kind of refocused his energies, kind of moved in towards the camera um, and really listened and really made an effort to kind of give some new anecdotes and lines. And on that, you notice things like that. It's a very deliberate technique. He'd gone in, he was appreciative of, of, of the weight, and, and then he made an effort to kind of really get in, get in. And that's probably just an insight into the people skills that, that the, the Cowleys offer and work. And, and they are they are coaches. That, that's their background and in, in, in every sense of the word, not just because probably like life and people skills come factor into that. Heavily, of course. I say it's not the only, the only, the only factor. Is there is the tactical side. We know that they've tweaked things. We know that they want to play a high press. I mean, they want to play with high, high energy. Uh, they want to get their teachings across and spend extra time on that. They want to play out um, from the back at the right times. 
Um, and, but they don't want to overload the players with information as well. They want to keep it to a, a few simple elements at the moment. And that, that's not to be overlooked as well. But that, they're, yeah, they're probably two of the key factors for why, why we've seen this um, upturn so quickly. Yeah, well, as you said, there has, the players do look re-energised, re rejuvenated. But at the same time too, I know we've joked about fatigue and all that there. There has been elements against Rotsdale, and most notably I fought against Wigan, where the players do seem to be a wee bit fatigued, um, a wee bit late. Um, is, that a fair, is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think it would be, but you, you've got to think about lads like, say, Ben Close, who looked tired at Wigan. He hasn't played a lot of football this season. Now he's come in and um, starts the past three games. That was always going to catch up on him. And then Ron Curtis is playing as a striker. He's gone away vile and the, the training's probably been quite intense there and he put a shift in. And because you haven't got Hawula and, and Harrison and Marquez, you can't even rotate your wingers then. So yeah. you've got, got to have Jacobs, Williams, Harness and Curtis playing every game, every near enough, you know, starting every game at least. I know Jacobs and Jacobs came off and Williams came off at Wigan, but it's it's hard for players to, to put in that. You can't even rotate Curtis on the wing or Williams or Harness. It is so difficult and at this stage of the season, after a long, hard slog of a season, as as we know, it's going to catch up on you. Um, luckily enough, Pompey haven't dropped any points and it was been interesting to see how Danny Carley manage things this week. Um, mm. You think that maybe after Wigan, he'd probably potentially give them Tuesday and Wednesday off and said, Wednesday, lads, don't even go to the golf course, just put your feet up. I don't want you doing anything at all. Not even like I know obviously some of the lads like going playing golf, but he might have even said just just chill out because you need to top up your energy levels again. Um because now we're going into another big run again, aren't we? Um with the midweek games coming again. So when is it till to the last the till last the week, last, last, last week, week when there isn't a, a midweek game which now they're going to have to get it right, aren't they, and balance things because I think that took, that took its toll on, on Jacket as well. And Carly's going to have to come up with a formula to keep this form going. We know that eventually Pompey are going to drop points eight games. It'd be silly to think they're going to go unbeaten, wouldn't it? The Carly's all, all the perfect record, beg your pardon, but they're going to have to come up with a way now to, to balance things and make sure that they're getting every inch of this, every inch of, um, of energy out of this side. Is that, Jordy? Do you reckon that's the biggest challenge they face then? It is managing the players, managing the game time, and managing when there's clearly, probably clearly, do you have problems up front in terms of men available to be selected from? I'm starting to ramble here slightly. Like, is that <laughs> the biggest thing they're facing them at the moment? If you stop that question at, is it their biggest challenge, I would have been, that would have been fine. Cause that... <laughs> I felt that they didn't elaborate. I talked too much, sorry. <laughs> but because it, I, was gonna, I was ready to say you're spot on, and then, and then you waffled on for ages, and I've kind of lost it Get a bit. Up, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is their biggest challenge for me. Um, it is the key factor um, over the next three weeks where they go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday into a, a Saturday, Saturday, I think on the final week because that work, that, that, that fixture, load of fixtures and the way they look this weekend. Now, for me, my eyes told me, you, Will, Danny Cowley himself, that the players looked tired at Wigan 
the numbers don't quite back that up. Um, he, Danny uh, referenced the numbers of distances covered um, in the presser yesterday. They were either, I think they were above those that came before. We'll not be able to help you with that one, I'm not sure. But they were definitely around the same sort of figures, if not more than what distances they've covered in recent games, which was surprising. Uh, but um, we didn't get the figures on high intensity running. Um, and probably if you look at things like that, and, and the fatigue that, when you think about it, it was um, what we spoke about uh, in, the, in the presser yesterday. It was the mental fatigue. It was the, the pace of the passing, which has so powerfully gone up in the, in the previous games. One of the noticeable things, the two noticeable things for me about the Danny Cowley, um, or the two most noticeable things, has been the pace that's gone up in the past and the, 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 uh, the ball's been shifted around at a quicker pace than what it has been, and the, and the press the intensity of the press um, and how quickly they press. Um, you could point to the, the, the way they play out as well, being probably a, a third one. Uh, but the, the, the press had gone down a level. The intensity tier had dropped off. I think County said it dropped off by that extra final yard. They weren't pressing that final couple of yards. And it made a difference in the performance. And then there was probably some tired minds up there as well, uh, which is all feeds into it. So... Yeah, it's the it's the, the the key factor for me because Tom Naylor had looked, looked tired for me for a while now going into the final weeks of Jackets reign, and um, he, he's a key player, and that's just, that's just uh, one example. So how that's managed when it looks like he wants to kind of keep it as simple as, as as possible in terms of team selection and not ripping up the formula too much. Uh, is key, but I think he's sensible enough to do that. Um, he spoke to me previously about workloads and managing workloads and um, making it for each individual case a different example. So Michael uh, Jacobs, for example, would be one player that not, needs to be managed because he hasn't been able to keep complete, complete 90 minutes. There's a bit of question mark about injuries with Michael Jacobs. So you have to tailor it to each individual. And I think he's smart enough to not be one of those militant people that hammers the players across the board and, and, and look at well, look at the science that's available as well and then and then also not give the players an excuse but manage it properly. And, and that's what needs to happen now because that fatigue, if you are going to play with an, uh, a press with that intensity, it, it's going to catch up with you over a long season. And there were signs of that happening for Portsmouth already. Uh, but I think we've seen that, that Danny Cowley and Nicky Cowley are bright enough to, to see the problem and then and then look for and find that find the right solution well is there a risk if you do make a few changes just so that you get that rotation in that you all of a sudden disrupt the flow that those players that have played this past four games have generated to be honest with you the only one player you maybe look at rotating at the minute is, is say Naylor um Callum Johnson's come back in now Nails a spot down. Lee Brown, you wouldn't swap with Charlie Daniels. We know that rotation experiment didn't wear uh, under Kenny Jeffers. Um, Andy Cannon looks like he's over his problems and you can't rotate the wingers. So the only one, as George said, who looked tired was Tom Naylor. But who do you replace him with? You've got no one else in there who can do that job and be that leader and that enforcer in the middle of the park. Ben Close isn't that type of midfielder. Neither George Byers, neither Harvey White. You need Tom Naylor, even though he is maybe looking a little bit fatigued. He's one who will run through a brick wall and will look to find his, his, his top gear again. Um, 
just just on that, well, like we, we said back in January, we probably were looking for a midfielder for we need a, a like for like replacement for Cannon. We need this, we need that. We all, we said it about from the very beginning. They actually mm. need like, for like replacement for Tom Dealer, and that seems to be the case now. Where Tom Dealer does seem to be slightly fatigue. I hate using that word too often, like, but it was uh, it was evident back in January that this could happen. Yeah, it's a fair point. So it's a fair point. I mean, they were after the the, the lads in Italy, weren't they? Um, but that was the problem with the South. I forget his name now. No, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, the problem was the salary cap. They had to, Pompey had to decide where the priorities lay. And when Alex Bass picked up an injury, he needs to go out and get a keeper then as well because it's for squad size and things like that. So unfortunately, he couldn't. And then everyone was saying we need another Andy Cannon replacement since that was George Byers who obviously has had his trouble since arriving from Swansea. But you are right, Mark. I mean, we were saying it. I think we were saying it this time. But I mean, last season as well, there's never really been a, a Tom Naylor replacement, has there? Luckily enough, he's never really picked up a bad injury during his, his three years at Fratton Park. But I think now you have got to look and, look and manage him. Maybe he's the one who you let off and train a little bit. He let him have a, a little bit of a, a morning off or something like that, just to make sure that he gets the gets the gets the games in at the weekend. Because Tom, if you make if you miss him the last eight games of the season plus the playoffs as well, it'd be an absolutely huge blow, wouldn't he? Yeah. 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 Key man, do you reckon? Skipper is needs to. He's been the linchpin all season. I think we said it. Definitely a candidate for player of the season. But if he wins that, it's the, uh, the sports mail case going to be thrown upon us again. I'm sure that's something we're going to when it regards to contracts. Jordy, obviously, um, there's a lot of talk at the minute about Sean Raggett's availability for Saturday. Before we get on to that, there is anybody else of the opinion that Sean Raggett should have been nowhere near that header to pick up that injury in the first place? Surely that was Lee Brown's header to win. Ragged has come completely out of, yeah, out of nowhere to win that header and, and end up damaging his cheekbone. Well, I wasn't working uh, last Saturday. I think I was midway through a game of Twister with my four-year-old son, so I might not be <laughs> to, uh, to assess that. No, I did see the incident. And yeah, it was one of those where he came through it from nowhere. And he's, he's attacked the ball with determination, isn't he? And um, It was a funny one. It didn't look like he'd done himself that much damage, did it? I, I didn't think... It was the, I can't remember the Wigan player was, but I think that he might have come worse off out of the incident in the initial viewing of it. And and even there, it's only when Bobby Bassett's physio came on and immediately did that that he realised something was afoot, and then he didn't see the the eye, did you? So you didn't you feared for the yeah. severity. Uh, so yeah, um, I'll plead the fifth on whether he should have come for that one. Maybe. <laughs> uh, but, All right. Well, what about his availability? Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe you're the one to answer this, Mark, because we were sat pre-press conference say, yesterday saying no chance, and you were like, well, <laughs> I don't know. You could make it. I wouldn't be surprised. So you kind of called it before we had any intelligence, didn't you? <laughs> well, I did say, like, he's the type of defender that just wants to play no matter what. I reckon if, if Ragan had two eyes shut, from a broken nose or something like that, he still be put his, his, his name forward to first selection. Like, so didn't surprise me. But at the same time too, Pompey do have a duty of care on the player and, and have to make that decision for him. 
Yeah, no, exactly that. And that's what Danny Cowley has said, isn't he, uh, to us to, um, today. I think the, the, the slight game changer was when we were speaking to Danny, was suspected fractured cheekbone. If that's the case, and you're thinking immediately, he's out for now. He might come back soon, but he, he would surely be too soon for this weekend. And then, obviously, the pictures of his eyes being closed, or eye being closed, that said to me, forget this weekend. Uh, apparently the eyes open again now. <laughs> Sean Raggett was out training yesterday. Incredibly, uh, no, no, I, don't think, <laughs> I don't think he was joining in with the players necessarily, but he was out. I haven't got confirmation on whether he was or wasn't, but he was he was training to some degree yesterday, uh, which says it all about um, his attitude. But when um, Danny spoke about how they were looking at the um, the eye socket, um, and basically they said that there's no sign of. Uh, a fracture in the scan that he had, but it was a 2D, I think I'm uh, re remembering this right, a 2D scan. They needed to get another scan to get a closer look at the socket to see if it was a fracture in, in another area, which didn't show up on the first scan. Also, the swelling could have been the holding part of the socket up in place or part of the fracture in place. And when the swelling, this is true, the swelling came down, then the, the socket, you know, the cheekbone or the socket could have dropped a little bit the fracture could have become more apparent gruesome isn't it um, <laughs> yeah but this is hey, no, it's weird to tell the people how it is and what, what we know um so that was yeah that was how i understood the situation so we're getting a further scan um to confirm that whether there was a fracture uh, we haven't got any information and danny cowley being how he is one thing we have learned about him is uh, or two things one one being he doesn't like to set targets i questioned him about that the other week and he was put the barriers up and it, it's evasive <laughs> on injuries. Kenny Jackett um, um, would speak openly about it, but he, he's friendly and, and gives you a bit of information, but they want to keep that, keep the opposition guessing and that's their, you know, their prerogative on that one, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think we just wait and see on that, but it wouldn't, I wouldn't write it off. If not, then, then in comes, in comes, in comes Rasmus, but yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't rule out a phantom of the opera mask, would you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, like Ragged, like a lot of players at Pompey at the moment, do have their critics, but there's no denying he's a good player to have in there. And at this time of the season, when you're battling for every point, hmm. he's fearless, isn't he? I think that's the way to describe it. Given the, you know, he arrived with no two for the way too far, and then you hear about the anecdotes when he was playing non-league football with Danny Carly. So he's just fearless, isn't he? And you know, as you say, as his critics, and he might not be the easiest on the eye, but <laughs> you you cannot knock his commitment to um to the team, and you know you know for a fact if he did play, he wouldn't bottled all Ferreira, would he? He's beaten. But you're right. Um, since he's come in, he, maybe he's enough one who, who's benefited from from the Carlies coming in because they know him well, and they obviously got him a move to to Norwich in the Championship, so they know how to get his confidence up, what he, need, he knows what is needed under them. And, yeah, you're right, the last eight games of the season, look, it's, the football has been a little bit easier on the eye um, under the Carlies than it was under Kenny Jackett, towards the end, especially. But now it's about fighting for every point and winning every point. And Pompey fans know that, like, a Wigan, that weren't exactly pretty, was it? Weigh against Rochdale in the second half. But if it gets Pompey promoted, then who cares? Who is going to care? Um, and Sean Rogers, that type of defender, your head a kick type of defender who put his body on the line, block anything. 
another one who run through a brick wall for you. He'll be a big blow, but I thought Nikolai did well when he came on against Wigan, especially in the circumstances when he just got Shouts to come on, won a few big headers, um, and made a few made a few decent um, position, positions, sort of got himself in a good position to, to force Wigan attacks. And now it'll be nice to see the, the partnership of Jack Watmore and, and Nikolai that we haven't seen all season together. A lot of fans towards the start of the season clamoured for that. Um, two ball-playing centre-backs, two players who are very comfortable on the ball. Uh, in a way, I, I, I'm quite looking forward to seeing all those two get on together because the two very modern-day full-backs, aren't they? Um, both of a similar age, and it'll be, it'll be nice to see how they strike up a rapport together. Jordy, it's this time of the season, squeaky bum time. But you don't want you don't want injuries pick, being picked up, especially when you do get the impression that Pompey are teetering on the edge of bare bones. So you don't want these injuries picking up, so you don't obviously. Oh, we were talking about Harry Redknapp earlier, weren't we? And then you bring up Bear <laughs> Bone, the old famous Harry Redknapp down to the Bear Bones line. <laughs> Uh, what was your question in, in terms of on the edge of injuries? Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I suppose you just in terms of that, you, you just underline the, the managing the, the loads situation, don't you? Um, Naylor's the key, probably can't afford to lose him. We've seen there's cover at the, at the back. Um, there's, uh, yeah, covering most positions, really. Naylor's the one that you can't afford to lose. Even without having a striker, I like us. I'll probably like us more, actually, with Ronan Curtis in many <laughs> ways. Um, up there, uh, early that is, or I like the potential for what could be, although you don't want to be experimented at this time of the season. Um, I like us in most areas, in most of our attacking areas at the moment. Um, I want to see Michael Jacobs stay fit. I want to see him managed. I want to see him, so I think he can still still holding out hope that he can do it and get that momentum up and be the player that we know he can be. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're probably the, the key elements. But I'll just see, we're, we're down to five minutes, so I'm going to chuck a question because I know, well, I'll throw it to all of us, but Rooney's been doing his playoff homework, hasn't he? We haven't got, we've got to ask him about points totals and, you know, you said it's that time of season. Well, it's you done it all, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's that time of season. I, I look, you looked at the last 20 years, didn't you? 74.5, and average last 10 years, 73. So that means Pompey would need three more wins. You're probably looking about 75 points, aren't you? Realistically, to get you into the playoffs. So that's what we're on now at the minute, 64. 64. So three, win, three wins, two draws. You'd think of other teams maybe dropping around them. Gillingham are up there, but the teams have got games in hand on them. You'd think that would be enough. What do you, what, what do you guys think? Uh, go on, Mark. Go on. Yeah, go on. If you give it, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll give you some time, thinking time, Mark, and I'll I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll I'll go next. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because as you say, seventy-four is the total average total over the last twenty years. So that's what you look at. But then the top two are going like a train. Top three, if you say, with Peterborough, although they're not going like a train quite as fast as it, as the top two. They're still averaging since the new year. 20-odd games. They're averaging two points a game, Peterborough. So do they, the fact that they're now picking up points, does that start taking away from the teams underneath? Are the teams underneath, I mean, showing the kind of consistent form to push the total up with the exception of Blackpool? Don't know. Obviously, Lincoln dropping off, does that bring the total down? I think maybe when you get to 70, 
if he gets four, three, four wins and a couple of draws, maybe. So what are we on now? 64. So, yeah. If you said four wins and a draw, 77. I think that 77, 78 does it. 78 does it. Um, probably, you know, 76, 77 could certainly do it. Um, yeah, in terms of there, yeah, just chucking the line about the top two, 88 points is the achievable aim if they went and won every single game now between now and the end of the season. Don't necessarily see that being enough even. Um, about the way the top two are going, it's just incredible the, the run that they put together. And it does leave you with that little element. I know many Pompey fans saying, well, what could have been if, if the change had been made that little bit earlier with the manager, the way that Lee Johnson kicked on at Sunderland. So, um, yeah, I think, I think, as I say, 77, 78 points does it really. Um, and I can see the top two being Hull, maybe Hull and Sunderland, the way they're going. And then that would leave Pompey needing to beat Peterborough or maybe a Blackpool in, in the playoffs, possibly. Go on, Mark. I'm not used to being put on the spot to say I nobody asked the questions, but <laughs> I think you're right in terms of, I think it might be higher than 75 this season. Um, I'd rather aim for that type of figure than than yeah, leave it open for likes of Lincoln and Blackpool and Ipswich or whatever to overtake you. I do think Pompey will be in the playoffs. I have to admit, I do think that there are. Um, I can see Lincoln dropping out, though. I just think they're missing George Grant. So as much as I want to be cautious, I'd be confident Pompey remain. I'm not going to put a figure on it, but... I'd be, I'd be saying that if I was a Lincoln fan, I'd be slightly nervous, even though there's a wee bit of a gap between them and Nipswich, and they might even have a game in hand now. I'm not quite sure, I can't remember. But I'd be yeah. nervous if I, was, if I was them. Pompey, it looks like Pompey going to play Blackpool, from what I can see, the way the table's laying out at the middle. So it's, a t- it's the toughest one, I reckon. Um, yeah. Peterborough might be slightly deflated, Bear in mind, their points total might be actually a lot higher than Pompey's and Blackpool's. I think that could actually hinder them moving forward. They might be a wee bit deflated by missing out. So yeah. it's the one you want to keep an eye on and Pompey are lining up to play them in the first semi-final, which is going to be a tough ask, I think. Well, of course, the big thing being for the first, when we get to the playoffs, which what happens when we get there, isn't it? You should really underline that for the first time. Ever actually, in uh, with eight, eight attempts, I actually would go into the playoffs at the moment with some optimism, and that's the key. That we we have I haven't gone into playoffs certainly under the last under Kenny Jacket with optimism and going back. I know there's that kind of the curse to the playoffs. So at the moment, it's going in with that real enthusiasm, and that's a massive, massive factor, which it feels like it is going to be like at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Well, do we've got a minute left? Your thoughts quickly. Yeah, I think they will finish in the playoffs of race. It's a matter of who they play there. Um, Blackpool have snuck in, haven't they, from out of nowhere, and they're in a bit of form, but maybe they might have peaked a little bit too early, potentially. Don't know about that one. They might get to the end of the season. They might start dropping off. Um, the same with, I know, obviously, Peace for Sunderland's Hull, but whoever, if, if one of those tails off as well, you wouldn't mind fancy facing one of them. They might be a bit deflated after missing out. So, yeah, the, those two are definitely interesting ones. Then the likes of so, the likes of six depends who. Uh, I do think Lincoln will drop out, so that one's up for grabs. But be disappointed. You're, you're, just basically, 
you're just basically <laughs> copying what you so, said yeah right, fair enough yeah <laughs> so i didn't mean to cut you off but i am conscious of time we are going to run out here any second so yeah thank you all again for all your assistance it's been another interesting chat Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe to the Portsmouth News website for everything you need to know about Pompey.